So who wants to see him? Amen. Amen. Now. now. <laughs> so this is us. The series that Brian the Elders said let's do and it's one of the, ba- it's the banners on the wall. It's one of the things that God used to bring Brian here. Uproot his family from Colorado. Rado. And uh, spend the rest of his life with us here. Right, Brian? Amen. That's the plan. That's the plan. We're going to talk about God's plan. So, Brian and the elders asked me to, to take the last part of this series, Christianity is a Matter of the Heart. Kind of funny and ironic in a way. You know, Paul Tripp comes to our church once in a while because he was part of our church. You hear more about that a little later. And he was going to do that for us, but he couldn't. His schedule got messed up. And so Brian and the elders figured, let's take the least experienced preacher and put him in that spot. <laughs> and no pressure, right? So, so you're going to hear some of Paul Tripp's stuff, though, because it's in, it's in my heart what we learned from him and what God has taught us through that. Um, so let's go. The banner's on the wall, right? A caring place where God transforms lives. Brian did the first one on a caring place. You know, one of the things about our hearts, it's a Paul Trippism, one of the main things that our hearts yearn for is love, to be loved and to love. And this, the caring is a different word for love, but we want a place that we love each other so that God can be glorified. And we don't always do that well. You know, these are a goal. These are core values. They measure us. We don't always measure up. Um, but it's what we want to do. Brian talked about agape love and phileo love. I just had an opportunity to teach the kids about the breakfast on the beach where Peter and Jesus have that conversation, which was awesome. Kids loved it. Chick talked about a transformed lives. Him and I talked about because we knew I knew I was going to do that, and we talked about because it's very similar to a trans, you know, Christianity's a matter of the heart. Because you can't, if your heart's not transformed, you can't be a Christian. So we, Chick used a cater, caterpillar and butterfly, right? I mean, what an awesome transformation viewpoint. Brian talked about strength and used, I love this illustration. I was downstairs at the time, but I I just heard it on the CD, and I love the illustration of the redwood trees, so tall they are, and 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 the roots are so shallow, but the way they hang together is the roots are all entwined together, and that's what we want to be, is strengthening each other. We want to be part of that and encourage each other to be a church that we're all together. That's a goal, it's a heart we want. Brian last week talked about genuineness is encouraged. Um, we want to be about Christ, real Christianity. We want to be a Christless Christianity. Paul talks about that. It was in his, his last Wednesday word, Christ, Christless Christianity. What, is, what does that mean? It means doing and not being. Um, we want to be, we want Christ in our Christianity. We want to be genuine with that. So one of the things that, that I wanted to say before we're finished, I, I want you to, to, to know what the goal is today. I pray that God will do this, that for when you leave here today, you'll know a little bit more what an all-in heart for God means. You'll understand a little bit more that 
God's will and sovereignty, that, that he is sovereign. And you can't be a little bit sovereign. Either you're sovereign or you're not. We struggle with that, right? If he's sovereign, then everything that comes our way is his doing. He's allowing it for his purpose, his glory. I want you to know a little bit more about that. And, and then the text today is my, my life verses, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Steph, put that up if you can. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Your heart is who you are. Lean not on your understanding. That's, that's my problem. I lean on my understanding. You're not, and you're going to hear a little bit about this, but, but I'm, I, I come from an engineering background. My mind, is, my mind is always working and always thinking and keeping things straight, and those who know me well make fun of me about that. <laughs> my OCD is so bad, I have to put the alphabet in other order. It's DCO or CDO. It's like I need things right, right? But that's leaning on my understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways. Obey him. It's trust and obey. That's what that is, it says. That's why it's my life verse. I need to trust him and I need to obey him. And he will direct your paths. Whether you trust or obey or not, he's directing your path. So why not do it? Why not trust him? Why not obey him? So it was 1972. And a young, long-haired, hippie-freak guy, 18-year-old kid, and his, and his sweetheart from high school went to proms together, come through the 60s culture, and we were in that culture. Need, need to say no more. <laughs> the music was great. The music is still great. <laughs> Linda and I, we, we had really no plans. We graduated from a Catholic high school, Colonel Doherty. We, we actually went all 12 years to, to school, Catholic school, and we really had no future. Linda landed a job in, in Amtrak downtown. This is, this, is, this is my story, right? This is what God's, I'm gonna show you what he, how he did it. Um, she was a court stenographer. Amtrak back then, they, they, they were so big and they have so much that they, their union, they did everything within themselves and court hearings when stuff happened and she was the court stenographer. Do they even do that today anymore? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. But she did shorthand and she was doing all that, that's what she did and she met Pat O'Toole. Some of you know her and through Pat O'Toole, um, God used her. We'll hear more about that. This guy was working as a short order cook at SKF, the ball bearing place on Front and Erie, and uh, worked the second shift, just got a job, just needed to do something. Until one day, a guy named Jimmy Puchko, one of my best friends in, in school, called me up and said, hey, Dom, my dad works at this place called Atlantico. He said, he, he's offering me a, an apprenticeship. You want to do it? I say, yeah, why not? Sure, and nothing else to do. I'm not gonna, I don't want to be a short order cook all my life. That was the beginning of change. Um, four year apprenticeship. And you know, apprenticeship, the, the, the master toolmaker, first thing he did is he took my hand, he put it in his pocket, he said, you're gonna walk around for four years and put your hand in my pocket and do whatever I tell you to do, right? And it was a way of humbling me and saying, you're just a young punk and that's all you get. 
God put me next to a guy named John Miller. Chick knows John Miller. He was uh, a Jesus freak. That's what they called him back then, right? He had all kinds of, I found the buttons and all kinds of things on his toolbox. And, and me and 90% of the shop just made fun of him. I wore, I wore, I never lost a button. <laughs> they had them. <laughs> anyway, um, God just put me with a guy that just talked about Jesus all the time, and I just mocked him. 1977, let's jump up a couple years. Um, I only have a half hour, right? So we got to go fast. <laughs> 1977. Actually, August of 27, 1977, Steph put it up. Yeah. Got married. Good looking couple, huh? That's Elvis. He's in the house. So, so Steph, put the other. This is 40 years of being married and living with. Adam, where are you? He, he airbrushed that. I owe him. That's not that. That wasn't. That's me. But I didn't have the hat or the glasses on. Don't go to a men's retreat and take that your picture taken. That's not anyway. Get that off of there. <laughs> you can put the other one. No, that's all right. So in 1978, a year later, well, let me say, let me get back up. In 77, three months later, Linda and I, we worked hard. We kept, we did our money well. We both had parents that still had to recess money, so they taught us how to do that well. And we were able to buy a house before we got married. You know, in in uh, Northeast Philly, it was a twin. Um, some of you were in there at times, but what we did was in, in November of that same year in the kitchen because while in Amtrak Pat O'Toole was go back to Pat O'Toole, she was talking to Linda about Jesus too, and Linda didn't understand that, but in November of 1977 in the kitchen of our new house, three months after we were married, God made all sense to us with that all the stuff that John Miller talked to me about, all the stuff that Pat O'Toole talked to Linda about. We just, Linda said, Dom, something's bothering me. This, this girl keeps telling me about Jesus in a way that I don't understand. I said, really? What did she say? That day, that kitchen changed our lives forever. I didn't do anything. I wasn't looking for God. He just grabbed a hold of me and said, you're mine. So what do you do then, right? So we kind of went to a couple churches here and there. We went to Patatool's church. It was called Baraka. And, and I found myself in, in a pew, and it was an altar call. And I, I, I walked past Lynn, and I go up, and she said, where are you going? I said, I don't know. I'm just going up there. <laughs> I went up there, and that's where Chick and Luane saw us, right? They were in the back looking at this young guy up there, and he came up to us after. I owe my life to those guys. What God did for that, to me, to help me understand Christianity in a way that we, we spent, what, chick, years and years together, right? Studying God's word. 
Because they said yes to, to God saying, take care of these young couple, right? So in 1980, this church started called Family Bible Church. Um, I was just a young guy with Chick and Rich and a few other guys that said God chose to start a church called Family Bible, now called Hope. I'm going to fast forward a little bit here. At 28, they asked me to be an elder because my heart was, God gave me leadership gifts and 28, they asked me to be an elder. At the same time, Atlantico, <clears throat> because the, the trade came easy to me. and I was, you know, it's one of the hardest trades because they don't do big lines, they do little lines. I was called, make fun of chick with carpentry, right? Just quarter inches. I'm doing, you know, thousands what the hair is with, <laughs> with how to do stuff and make tools. And Atlantico was a tool and die engineering firm that ran, build, and ran production, designed, build, and ran production for the automotive industry. And it came easy to me. God used it. And he developed, once I <clears throat> learned about God's ways, I implemented them in, in Atlantico. And it was a way that he used it to take leadership. And I used God's word, and people were following it. Not in salvation way, but in a way of they understood I was a leader. They asked me to be a union chairman. I'm 28 years old. I'm an elder, and I'm a union chairman with, a, with a 300 people. Funny story, and I'm going to run out of time, but I'm going to tell the story anyway. It's, uh, they, the union... The culture of Lanico had to be changed. It was messed up. The union chairman was a was a just a, one of the, a typical union guy that just wanted to shut the place down. We're going to get everything we want. We'll put this company on its knees. So anyway, they asked me. They voted. I said yes. The, the union guy from the hall comes and says, "Okay, so Dom Dom's the new union chairman for the company for the Lanico, and just want to introduce him." He said, "And we're going to put this company on its knees, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that, and we're going to get this." He gives me the mic, and I said, you know everything he just said? We're not doing that. <laughs> and I got to, right, I got to clap. But that was leadership, right? And it was the beginning of me changing the culture of Lanico. At 86, I became a plant manager. In 86, we got this building for a dollar, right? I'm kind of tracking two different things here. The young church at BC was meeting in a Barsley Community Center and doing some good things. God was, was doing some awesome things. There were some struggles going on, too, at the same time, but like every church does. And, but we got this building for a dollar. 1989, at 86, I became a plant manager, too. In 89, they asked me to be the vice president. You know, I'm, I'm 35 years old, I'm a vice president of a you know, $50 million organization, 300 people that reported to it, three companies, three plant managers. And it was also the time that I was struggling with my back and stuff was going on. And I went to, for a year, I went to doctors to figure it out. And I ended up in a neurology office saying, sorry, Dom, you got MS, right? It was devastating to me. I had to go home and tell my wife, my kids, at that point, we had three kids. Andrew's my youngest. You were born in 84, right? 85, 84, whatever. 
It's not about you. I know it's not about me. You'll, you'll hear that. Anyway, <clears throat> um, yeah, that was hard. I had to go home and tell my mom, too. And it was just life-changing. God, God used it in, in, a, in a way that uh, it was amazing, though, too. 89, Paul Tripp came here. He was struggling in um, state Pennsylvania as a young pastor, and God brought him here because CCF just started, and uh, and he was part of that, and he, he came to a church here. Why? Because he wanted to come here? No, because God brought him here for him and for us because that's how we, we, we know what Christianity is about the heart because Paul is about the heart. The CCF, and we learned that. That was a training time for all of us in this church, the leaders, and to, to understand these banners, and it was, it was an amazing time. Ten years Paul was here. But now I'm going to switch, and we'll get back to that, this story. I'm going to switch to another story right now, because that was a story about 40 years ago. This is a story of about 2,000 years ago, of a man who was a well-educated man in the, in the Hebrew tradition. He was named after King Saul. His Roman name was Paulus. He was a humble and small man. His family lineage was from the Pharisee tradition. He was a tent maker by trade, was sent to a well-educated, renowned rabbi to be taught. He spoke three languages, Aramaic, Hebrew, and Greek. Paul was a very educated Hebrew tradition and was devoted and believed in it. He took the role of persecuting the new movement called the Way because he believed in all of his heart that it was wrong. It wasn't what God was doing. And he took it on to change it. He had an active role in the martyrdom of Stephen. But God did something, just like he did to that young couple. Watch this video. I've watched that video a few times, and every time my eyes fill up because of what, what God has done. I mean, if you... Did you see the, the, the road to Damascus and God says, Paul, no, you're not doing it anymore. And he wipes his whole entourage down. <laughs> They're all laying down there. He's on the ground. But I, you know what I love even more about that video is Ananias, right? He interrupts his life and says, Ananias, I want you to go. And he says, he starts leaning on his own understanding. He says, God, you, are you kidding me? Do you know what you're asking me to do? But you know what I love about it? After he does that, he stays there for a minute. God says, wait, no, go. And he, and he almost runs because he, he might have questioned God for a minute because he's leaning on his own understanding, but, but, but an all-in heart for God says, no, I'm going. And he went. And then he, got, then he baptized Paul. How awesome is that? You know, and, and the road to Damascus, I, I love that because it was one of the most powerful stories in, in Scripture because... Paul was going to be asked to do something that was very hard, to give his all. Paul blessed him. God blessed Paul, though. He blessed him with, with the opportunity to, to write a lot of letters and books. He wrote 13 or 14, if you think, Hebrews. He wrote Hebrews, but he used them 
to write almost half the New Testament. He used them in a big way. And I want to be used in a big way. So, I had MS. And I didn't know what the heck was going to go next. There was no big medicine back then. I, was, I couldn't walk. It took me hard. And I was, my, my kingdom Atlantico, right? I, I helped move it from 5 million to 50 million. I had people that, the union chairman, so much so they took me to plant manager, to vice president. And I was a leader. I was second in command to this organization that was my little kingdom. And God says, nah, it's not your kingdom. It's my kingdom. I started taking it all myself. I started making it about me. That's why my, my life verse is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, but my core value, I have a personal core value. Just like this is our core values, I have one. It's four words. It's not about me. And I wake up in the morning. I say, Dom, it's not about you, right? And I say, yeah, it's not about you. I go to bed at night, and I ask forgiveness for the way that I made it about me. Just ask Linda. She'll tell you. So one of, the, one of the, besides my salvation, my marriage, my three boys, one of the most stories that God would ever give me, and I look back on, it's a monument. So I'm, I'm still Atlantico, even with the MS. I'm still working. I'm going no matter what. I'm doing all the steroids to keep myself going. Supposed to do it twice a month, twice a year at the most. I'm doing it four or five times a year. Doctor finally said, "Hey, we're not doing that anymore. I'm gonna let you do it." So I got to the point where my administrative assistant used to call them secretaries back then. <clears throat> I think today they're administrative assistants that help. They meant the, the the main guy or the, and she was her name was Barbara. She was awesome. She was there as long as I was. Uh, I, I stayed in Atlantica for 30 years. But she, she always came to me and would say, Dom, what do you need? She'd bring coffee to my office or help me, and she wouldn't make sure I wouldn't go out to the shop or do things like many of you guys try to do with me. Don't do that, right? <laughs> she tried to protect me and love me, and, and one of the things that she did was came to me and said, I, I don't get it. I don't get this God that you love and serve. When he, when he does a, a great guy like you, all the things that you do for other people, and he, and he doesn't take care for you. And my, I would answer her by saying, no, I, I have eternity. I have eternity. He changed my life forever. It doesn't matter what I have now. She developed breast cancer. She was told she had three months to live. She came to my office and said, Don, can you give me that joy you have? I want that joy. I said, I can't give it to you, but I can tell you about the man who did. We went to lunch that day, and she accepted Jesus right there. And there. On her deathbed, she said, Don, please tell my boys about Jesus. I never was able to do that, but that was one of the best stories of my life that I always look back on. 
And I want to be used like that, no matter what. MS, no matter what, whatever it is. I'll take MS all my life for that one story. So 2002, I'll jump up. Um, got my MS got so bad, I just couldn't handle anymore. Doctor said no more steroids. I had to leave Lanico. The owner of the company said, Dom, I'm not ready for you to leave. I was training his boys, and they weren't, they weren't ready. He said, but you gotta go. Can't let you do this anymore either. So between the doctors and my wife and my, my church family, it was, you gotta go. It was the hardest day of my life, I was depressed. I used to say, how can a believer be, ever be depressed? I never said that again after that. Check out to help me through that. But little did I know that God said, Dom, all the training I, did for, you did, I gave you for 30 years, I want you to do it at Hope. There was, there was a need for leadership at Hope. The elders needed someone to... to be the leader amongst leaders to, to, to be here when they're working and doing everything they can to do part of leading for them. And that's what I did. For the next 15 years, I served God. And I'm not going to get into the finances, but because of, and it's another story, but because of how God worked and, and the, the long-term disability that comes with being a, a vice president, um, and was, was in a, was, they checked it too, was it a month of the 12 months? If I wasn't there 12 months of pre-existing conditions, it doesn't count. But within one month, I made it. And I will share it. From, from 48 to 68, I will get a million dollars from Lanico. And I gave it to this church for serving you. I gave it back to God. And that's how God works. That's, that's how he works in every one of our lives. He's about, it's about him. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about us. That first banner shouts that it's about God. It's not about us. This is us, but it's not about us. <laughs> he wants us to do his bidding. He wants to do his, us work. That's what I love about Brian coming here. and We vetted him out. Um, the first thing we wanted to make sure of was his heart all in. We wanted his gifts, but we wanted his heart to be all in. His heart is all in. And so are the elders. We battle in the room sometimes, in the conference room. It's a good thing there's not a video in there sometimes. <laughs> But we battle for, for God. And every one of those guys in that room are all in. I wouldn't be in a room without them. They weren't. They're all in. Christianity is a matter of the heart. We needed to find a guy that was going to take us from here to there that would be, fit in and be all in. We wanted him to have a, a gift of preaching. He's getting better, isn't he? <laughs> He's got a gift. It's awesome. He's even staying in the 30 minutes, which I'm not going to stay. <laughs> he's he's going to bust on me for that, because that's, that's my job, is to keep the 30 minutes. I thought of doing a Steve Obot 30 minutes and talk so fast you get 45 in 30. <laughs> but I'm not that good yet. I love him. 
So God is sovereign. If you leave here with anything today, he's sovereign in your life. You can't be a little bit sovereign. Either he is or he isn't. You have to to come to grips with that. No matter what, MS, no matter what, he's sovereign. For those who, I don't know where your heart is today. If your heart is here where you're not sure if it's transformed or you want it to be transformed, you don't know. I was there, and I didn't understand, I didn't get it, and it wasn't about what I did, it wasn't. I remember Brad, Brad and Noah were sitting over there 10 years ago, nine, 10 years ago, they walked in this building. Noah was a couple years old with Mary, his mom, and I don't want to share too much because I don't want to make that hard, but those guys, we loved him, we cared about him. Never pushed, never made him say a prayer or push it on him because it's not what we do here. We just kept loving him. A year or so ago, I was driving with him to get his eyes worked on. And and he said, Dom, Jesus, I understand him now. I know who he is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Going to a small group. Mike Soroka. He called me last night and said, Dom, I'm not going to be here. I I said, Mike, I asked these guys if I can say this to him. Mike Mike said, he came here a couple years ago and said, I don't get this thing. I don't get this thing called Jesus. He still doesn't get it. He's, he's asking God to show him. I said, I can't give you that. The only thing I can tell you to do is keep asking him to show you. So if your heart is not there and you don't know that, just keep asking him. And we'll, we'll love you. If you have any questions, we'll talk to you. If your heart is, if, you're, if, you're, if you have been trying to lean on your own understanding too much and your heart's not with God, that's okay. Ask him. Ask for forgiveness. That's a, the, the awesomeness of the cross. It's not about us. God, God covered that. If you're a believer, salvation is yours. If you're not walking with him, just ask forgiveness and start walking with him. If your heart is all in and doing well, thank you. Just keep helping me be all in and doing well. Keep keep being the church we want to be. And we don't want to be a, a, a Christian club that just stays here. We want to be all in out there. I love what Brian said. It's not, I don't have it up here, but I was going to up in and out, right, the vision of this year. We want to be up. It's number one. We want Christ in our Christianity. We want Christ in this building. We want him to be glorified and honored, but not to stay here, to go out. Go out where you live, work, and play and talk about Jesus. Live it in front of him. I often, my, what St. Francis of Assisi said many, many years ago, if wherever you go, preach the gospel. If necessary, use words. Live it. Live it with your neighbors. Love them. And many of you do this. That's what I love about this church. We're not, we are genuine. We want to be genuine. We strengthen each other. We don't always do it all the time. It's a measure. If you come here, you're going to be guided towards that. I asked Andrew to come on up and read something. I'm going to end with that. And, and the song that I asked Andrew to do at the end, because it's, it's my, one of my favorite songs, and I asked him to do it personally for me and for you. Sing it with your heart. Mean it. It's only me and you, Lord. Because Paul was able to be in, in, in prison. He died for, for, for Christ, but he was in prison many times, and he just I'm sure he made it through by just saying, me and you, Lord. Therefore, 
if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that is above every other name, that at that name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen. I asked, I, one of the things I wanted to say before I read that, but I'll say it anyway. If Paul, the Apostle Paul, will write a letter to the church in Willow Grove called Hope, and I read, I read some of his letters, and I thought the, the letter of Philippians would be the one he would write to us. And that was it, to humble yourself, to go about his work, Keep Christ in, in your Christianity and live for God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Stay with me, please.